Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Afternoons on SEN. Welcome back or two afternoons on SEM, whichever category you fall into. Either way, it's wonderful to have you on board. I uh, hope your day is going as well as it can be, however you're putting it in, wherever you're putting it in. You can give me a call on the Werribee Kia open line, one 736 736 awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. To get involved in Midday Madness, which is for Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. There's a ton of nominations, heroes and villains. Uh, from the weekend in sport coming through on the 40 Winks temper text. Consumer choice winner temper matches, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Now, I had someone uh, text in before saying that I think I'm never wrong and that I always think I'm right and I don't listen to anybody. I did ask a question a little earlier. Can you think of someone who's had a better run through the World Cup, through a World Cup than what Morocco's had? So ranked 22 coming into the tournament. They've been num- beaten number two, uh, Belgium. They've beaten um, Spain. Uh, they beat Portugal. Um, so Spain at the time were ranked uh, number seven, Belgium number two, Portugal number nine, and they're about to play against the reigning champs, France, um, in a semi final. Now, Mario and Maslin Beach sent through two texts. One is only one person has ever won an argument with Sammy Hargraves. His name is Chuck Berry. That's not true. A lot of people have had a, a win in arguments against me. Um, but that's the beauty of what we do when we talk sport and we debate sport. But then he texts in that he believes South Korea had a better run in the semifinals of 2002 when they were one of the co-hosts of that World Cup. They were ranked 40, from what I can see, as co-host uh, and in the uh, the FIFA World Rankings going into that tournament. And they beat Poland ranked 38, Portugal ranked 5th, Italy ranked 6th, and Spain ranked 8th and then lost 1-0 in the semi-final to Germany who were ranked 11th. So that that's uh that's right up that stacks up very nicely and maybe even um a more impressive performance given that the difference in rankings with South Korea being 40th and Morocco being ranked 22nd. So that's a very good argument and a very good nomination as to who's had a better run through a World Cup than Morocco from where they were ranked to who they beat and where they ended up. So nicely done. Mario in Maslin Bleaks off the 40 Winks temper text. Uh, Australia comfortably, easily in the end. Um, they didn't really have to break a sweat, and they probably wouldn't have if it wasn't for the temperatures uh, over in Adelaide. Um, over 80,000 people rocked up over uh, a four-day period. Um, SEN's coverage elite as always. One man who was a major reason for that elite commentary as always is Adam Collins, who's been good enough to jump on the line. Colo, hello, mate. G'day, Sam. How are you going? I hear you've got bad news, and I hear you <laughs> speaking to us under sufferance, which which I appreciate even more. <laughs> I'm going to be at the airport all day long, so if anyone's got tips on what one can do in Adelaide <laughs> Airport for seven hours, 
um, I'm all ears because my flight's been cancelled. I know that's oh, kind of no. first, first world problems and all the rest of it. Maybe I'll start preparing for the Brisbane test on Saturday. Use the time wisely. Do you have to stay um, at the? Do you have to stay at the airport for all seven hours? Is there something that we could? Uh, we got a lot of uh, loyal <laughs> listeners in Adelaide who will, who will send through some suggestions about what you can do uh, for a few hours before you have to catch your flight. Surely. Yeah. Look, I could do that, or I might just suck it up and find a cup of tea and. Uh, work through whatever it is that we work through uh, Sam ahead of a test match trying to get ready for the Proteas when they rock up at the Gabba in a couple of days it, it could be worse um, but yeah we have been in Adelaide a lot on SEN cricket through the World Cup mm. one day at the test match show I think I've had my feel as much as I love it here Okay, um, you're a much more disciplined man than I because if I had to be stuck in an airport for seven hours I don't think I'd be reaching for the cup of tea but hey <laughs> all, all credit to you. Um, you, 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 what you're going to have time to do, though, Colo, is have a think about uh, what we've seen in the first two tests. Were Australia that good? Were West Indies that bad? Um, what's your view on it before we get into the numbers that matter? Look, I think there is a, an existential crisis with West Indies test cricket, and I don't think it's scaremongering to frame it up that way. Like It's kind of the lived experience of watching them over a fortnight. Look, I, I follow the Windies closely around the world and have mm. done so for a long time. I've got a lot of interest in, in their development. And it feels like any marginal gains that were made through the course of 2021 and 2022, since the pandemic started really under Phil Simmons, I mean, to show that the last fortnight has set them back a number of steps on the basis that they weren't competitive with the ball. Now, their comparative advantage in the last few years has been bowling sides out. They never bowled Australia out. Australia declared on all four occasions. And frankly... You know, Australia could still be batting now in the first innings if they wanted to. It was a, it was such a mismatch. And yes, teams come to Australia and do poorly all the time. I'm not saying that that's unusual in in, in itself, but it, there was something about the last couple of weeks that felt grim. And absolutely, it was commendable the way that the Windies batted in Perth for over 100 overs in the second innings and, and mm. dragging it into the penultimate session of that Test match. I think it was. But um, yeah, stepping back from it all. Uh, and Phil Simmons, their, their coach, said to us on SEN Cricket during the week that this isn't easy at the moment. There are all of these different competing interests, market forces. A lot of their players at, at a much younger age are specialising as white ball professionals mm. due to the money available to them in leagues around the world. So I'm sure we'll come to Australia, but my, I suppose my parting thought leaving this series is I'm really worried about the Windies, and I don't think that's just a a knee-jerk reaction to what's happened last last couple of days. So just with the West Indies for a few more moments, so Carl Hooper says, and this is even more frightening, that he doesn't believe, he said on ABC, that they've hit rock bottom yet. Um, mm. You've been in commentary and probably having a chat outside of commentary with Ian Bishop, who's been a fantastic addition yeah. to SEN's commentary team, and, and I've heard you drilling down into these issues with him. Where does it leave you thinking that the solution lies? I suggested earlier that, or made the suggestion that do the ICC need to start taking a hand in whether it be the distribution of wealth or do they put you know broadcast deals into a pool? Um, how do they look after mm -hmm. the nations mm -hmm. who financially aren't stacking up? The West Indies are ranked number eight in the world. So they're part of um, the, the World Test Championship and we have to play them. So what's the yeah. solution, Colo? Yeah, well, look, a few things there. One is that, I do think there should be a more socialised distribution of broadcast revenues because, look, this came up in 2020 when the Windies came into England to play three test matches when the UK was plague islands. There was not even close to a vaccine. People were dying in massive numbers and, and they rocked up and played three test matches to do the right thing by world cricket, the right thing by English cricket. And it's prompted a conversation around the relative wealth of the different full member nations. Remembering that the ICC, it isn't some 
tower in Dubai where these technocrats get together and, uh, and make decisions to line their own pockets. It's actually a federation. The mm. ICC is but a, an organisation of its members. So all the boards have a vote and they go and do their thing. So Australia is as responsible for the upkeep of the Windies as anyone else. All those four members are around the ICC table. So yep. the question is, do the, the rest of the nations, the other 11 full member nations, want to see uh, a more equitable distribution of, of revenue to ensure that the gap between the rich and the poor doesn't grow even more vast? And there are other factors at play here too. The T20 leagues that are growing at the moment, so the one in South Africa and the one in the UAE, um, they are new and they are effectively owned by the IPL franchises. Uh, and look, at the moment, India are committed to test cricket and that's fantastic. Brad Coley, I think, is a big part of that story. Mm. But you wouldn't want a world in, say, five or ten years' time where the next generation of Indian players coming through are a little, le- little less keen on test cricket. That might um, pose an extra problem, an extra challenge. The World Test Championship has been um, bedded in for the next two cycles, so the next five years after 2022. Um, let's hope it stays in place because... That's the only thing, I think, um, that stands between what we experience now as Test cricket fans and it becoming a, a form of the game potentially only played by a few nations or a handful of nations. That, that, that worries me. And the Future Tours program, with so little Test cricket for countries like South Africa, I think they played 23 Test matches in the next five years. None of their series are played over more than two Test matches. That's the way it's moving already within the World Test Championship. So... Everything crossed that stage as it is because, yeah, I feel like that's the the one holdout at the moment, having some organisational structure. uh, And within that, the rest of the full members need to consider that there is a gap growing between those that have the ability to stay afloat and those who are really battling at the moment and it's showing on the field. So your concern isn't really with the result. As you say, teams come out here all the time and get sent packing with their tail between their legs. New Zealand, uh, a few years ago when they came out, that was one of the most highly anticipated test series that I can remember of recent times, and it didn't live up to the billing. Australia was so dominant. We're getting it pointed out on the text that the West Indies beat England earlier this year. Um, They did, yeah. And so maybe this is not such a case of being alarmed at the result, but more about being alarmed about what is actually happening back home for West Indian cricket, because their own legends are petrified of the state of the game there. Yeah, that's it. Like Part of it is what we've watched the last two weeks, sure, but it it just gives a window into the broader state of red ball cricket and the domestic Mm. structure and and, and so on. It is true to say the Windies beat England at home this year. It depleted England and England that was still reeling from being thrashed in Australia. And and those things can change, right? Like teams' fortunes can change. But uh, in England, there is an overarching... Uh, decision to prioritise test cricket there always has been, as it is in Australia, right? Like, you would never hear from an Australian cricketer. You, you hear it all the time. Test cricket is the most important form of the game. Yeah. They all feel that way, even if they play across the three forms. They earn a lot of money playing T20 cricket, as is their right. Um, but they still feel as though the long form is what matters most culturally. The difference between that and um, players with, in nations where their national contracts aren't worth quite so much. Yeah. But, well, it's harder to make such a a bold statement when your financial well-being um, could be secured for years into the future if you prioritise white ball cricket or 2020 cricket on the circuit. Take someone like Jason Holder. He's given so much to Caribbean cricket over the last eight or nine years. Five of them as captain. He was leading the nation or the nations from, from age 23. He's now 30. He should still have plenty of good test cricket ahead of him. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be completely stunned if that's it for him as a test cricketer. Um, he's clearly, since he handed over the captaincy a couple of years ago, been looking at playing more T20 cricket. If he gets picked up in the IPL auction or the next round of IPL, 
bidding when, when that plays out before the tournament this year. Maybe the decisions he makes around being a test cricketer might change rapidly as it has for a number of West Indian players across the last 10 years or so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is the result, sure, but it's the broader, I guess, market forces too, which and the scheduling, which does make you pause and think that um, maybe we've already crossed the precipice on this front. Maybe it'll require significant intervention. You can't just kind of, um, you can't just kind of uh, uh, deal with the periphery here. It's about do we want Test cricket to be played between ten or twelve nations, twelve at the moment, two that barely play, but twelve nevertheless, or are we satisfied with it being four or five um, high-profile nations and the rest can do what they want? Well. Y- y- I mean, this is a fascinating conversation. It wasn't even where I thought we were going to go, Colin, but happy to keep chatting about it because if you're the ICC, you can look at this and say, oh, we'll be fine and then run the risk of everything just imploding. Or you can get ahead of it and say, we will make drastic change because it's what's required. We we had an Australia-England one-day international game at the MCG that nobody went to. Um, yep. So there is... And we get told all the time there's several reasons, you know, whether it be how long they don't, people don't have as much time anymore, people don't have as much money anymore, there's just too much cricket and there's too much seemingly meaningless cricket. So could we see a situation, Colo, where the IC, where the T20 leagues around the world are what funds people's, I suppose, your weekly <laughs> paycheck or whatever it might mm. be. We reduce and maybe even lose one-day internationals altogether. We focus in on T20 World Cups and we make test cricket – the forefront of majority of international cricket that is played. You've got yeah, to well, find a few gaps. You've got to give people a reason to miss you. And right now we don't have one. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I, I do think that white ball cricket will increasingly be a tournament facing when it comes to uh, nations playing each other. That yep. is to say, I, I, I don't expect we'll see loads of 50 over and 20 over cricket in five years' time. Like I, I spend a lot of time reflectful, thinking about projecting what five years' time might look like. That's outside of the Future Tours program. Technically speaking, the schedule is locked in for the next five years. And that's, I mean, it's fine. It's not great, not even good, but it's fine. It'll do the job, right? It'll be effectively what we're used to in in the last five years. What I'm worried about is the five years after that. So, yeah, that's when we need to be, I think, turning our attention to about what international cricket might look like. And if it does mean that, you know, the old-fashioned bilateral series um, goes the way of the dodo, then maybe that's the price to pay to ensure that there is an organisational structure that prioritises test cricket and acknowledging that the T20 leagues are going to be all the more pervasive. So a national contract used to be what a player aspired to. And for many people, it still would be. Um, but for some, it won't be. That young Brevis from South Africa, why would he want a national contract? That would, that would be prohibitive to his earning. Mm. Um, and look, I can't speak for Tim David, but he played in seven T20 leagues this year. Sure, he got the chance to play for Australia, and that's great, and I hope he does into the future. But at the moment, he has a fair bit of the control about his movements, not being a contracted player. Um, there's a kid in England called Will Smead. I'm not sure if you've seen him bat, Sam, but you should. He's incredible. No. Um, he, he plays for Somerset, but he's playing in all the leagues now. Um, he's 20. He's already retired from first-class cricket. He's not even oh played a game. Oh, my goodness. Not even played a game. And, and can England ever offer him a contract? Probably not. Um, maybe it ends up where... Um, national boards pay massive match fees in the absence of contracts to try and get players back from time to time. I mean, this is all happening. You know, behind the scenes, this is where this is moving. Yeah. And, yeah, I know we started the conversation. um, I'm feeling quite flat about the Windies, but it's bigger than that. It's broader than that. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we just float on, uh, hoping that things pick up next year uh, or the year after or the year after that, it's going to be an extremely different world when these new leagues start this year 
and we effectively have a situation where the IPL grows of itself in the next three years. I think it moves to 94 days, or 94 games rather, um, in two years' time. And there's talk of 108 games the year after that. I think I'm right in saying. So that's going to be a longer league of itself. These other mini IPLs in the UAE and in South Africa will play out through January each year. There will be other private investment in domestic comps around the world, like the 100. The 100 had an offer in England for 400 million quid last week. They've knocked it back, but you know where this goes. <laughs> yeah. ultimately, ultimately, the RPL owners will, and, and those who have interest in T20 leagues will, will snap up those clubs. Why wouldn't they? Um, and then that'll become part of that cycle as well. This isn't happening in 20 years' time. This is happening soon. You're right, Colo. And as I said, we weren't, oh, this wasn't the conversation we were going to have, but it's a very, very interesting one, and I'm glad we've had it. Even the best-built houses need to have their foundations replaced. They're stumped. You've got to get houses re-stumped. Um, people will say we put them on concrete now, Sam. But the point is <laughs> exactly that, that you, you have to – and that's an even uh, – that even actually backs up that, that we don't use stumps now, we use concrete. We've got to make sure our foundations are right. If you keep piling more and more and more and more and more and more on the existing foundations, then it's going to topple. And they either get ahead of it um, or we have to pick up the pieces after it. So, mate – Great insight. You travel around the world following cricket and speaking to people in all the different countries that you travel. So you are so well informed and uh, and versed on what's happening in each and every uh, of the one of the nations. So thanks for sharing a little bit of that with us. Look forward to hearing you um, on Thursday, South Africa. We hope that it's a bit more of a competitive uh, a setup, but we'll be looking forward to the coverage of you and the team uh, under Jared's captaincy on SEN. Yeah, for all of that, Sam, I absolutely can't wait to get to Brisbane because the South African yep. side with their pace attack could really take it to Australia. And that's what we want over the Christmas period, a competitive test series. Absolutely. Hey, we'll have to speak before Thursday and we'll actually preview Thursday. But thanks yes, for a great chat, will. mate. Enjoy your seven hours in Adelaide Airport. Thanks, mate. Talk soon. Uh, he's a good man. Adam Collins, uh, part of SEN's uh, test cricket coverage. Uh, one 736 736 Midday as promise is still active, uh, so get involved. Uh, be ready for anything with the McCafe Ice Coffee. Big thanks to Adam Collins. Back after this.